This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Mm -mm, Another tough one on Thursday Night Football, and we come in to recap a Baltimore Ravens knockoff win of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27-22, dropping the Buccaneers for a third straight time to 3-5 on the season. It is our recap podcast on the morning after a tough defeat for the Buccaneers here. It is nothing but Bucks. Thank you for finding me wherever you did so on the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com, or wherever you get podcasts. Also, those of you that are finding us on SiriusXM through the Buccaneer programming and the channel there on the SiriusXM app and their service. Uh, again, uh, folks, this is like uh, two times in five days that I'm coming in here on the recap podcast where I really believed it was going to be a different show. I believe that because I've been watching Tom Brady for 20 plus years of his career been watching him for the two plus years at Tampa Bay and this just looked and felt like an opportunity to get your season back on track it looked like that everything would set up especially at home for this team to make something happen on Thursday night football get back to four and four be right in the thick of a postseason chase which we'll get into this a little bit later on you still have got opportunity to win some games and be in the postseason chase but right now Uh, the one thing that you keep coming back to is on both sides of the ball, complimentary football, et cetera, this team's not doing enough on either side of the ball to win games. Other teams get paid too. We said that coming off the Carolina game. And while Baltimore is probably not the best team in the AFC, certainly you would have Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, probably up near the top. You maybe could make the argument that Cincinnati – Deserves to be there in front of them. Maybe a fully healthy Tua with the Dolphins. They deserve to be in front of them. But the the Ravens are one of the three or four best teams in the AFC. Lamar Jackson is an electric quarterback. John Harbaugh is a fantastic coach. Uh, You can make the argument that other than the Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys, this is the best team that you've played besides that. Even better than the Green Bay Packers who beat you even better. Um, Obviously, than, than beating the New Orleans Saints right now in New Orleans. Uh, This is a good team, and good teams get paid too. They adjust, they make plays, and the Baltimore Ravens, by the way, are very good at running the football. And they got the Buccaneers down and in a vulnerable position, ran it on them, ran it on that Buck defense, wore them down, and came away with the win on Thursday night. So we are here to recap last night, go over the highlights, give you some post-game interviews and some analysis, and then there's going to be some time off this weekend before the Buccaneers play host to the L.A. Rams in a playoff rematch coming at Raymond James Stadium a week from Sunday once we roll into the month of uh, November. But uh, this is tough. This is tough for a lot of different reasons because you got off to such a solid start with two road wins and to now look at a situation where you have lost three times at home out of four games and you've lost five of your last six games to drop to three and five. Hard to figure out, but welcome to the NFL. Welcome to, uh, again, parity with a lot of teams right around three and four, four and three. The Buccaneers now three and five. And uh, in any given week, teams can rise up and you better be ready. You better be ready. And the Buccaneers were not good enough for long enough. They were good at the beginning of the game, but it's not the first quarter that matters the most. It's not everything in the first quarter. Sure, if you get up by 21 points in the first quarter, it makes a difference. But that was not the case last night. And the second and the third quarter, Baltimore got command of this game and wore the Buccaneer defense down. 
and you obviously have a significant injury. And let me say this as we release the podcast here, there may be a further update on Shaq Barrett's injury that I don't know as I record this on Friday morning. It looks serious. I've done this for long enough. Uh, We are told by Todd Bowles, the head coach, it is an Achilles injury. Most of the time when you hear that, that's not something that you come back from in a game or two. I don't know that while we're sitting here. If it is an Achilles injury, it's probably not an immediate. Maybe it's not that serious. Maybe it's a heel injury while they evaluate him. We don't know. I don't know. I know this. He was flying everywhere around the football last night in the first half and is a huge difference maker on this defense, and it is a blow. It's a blow that demoralized them as the game went on when Shaq Barrett went out of the game uh, for the rest of that football game because of his pass rushing capability, his pursuit, his motor, all of it. Uh, Again, you're banged up on defense, and the Ravens took advantage of it. Credit them. So we're going to go over everything here. Uh, I'll give you some historical perspective, et cetera, et cetera. Bottom line here for the Buccaneers is for the third consecutive week in defeat, you did not do enough on both sides. Defense not stopping them. Where have the takeaways gone? I mean, you can talk about Todd Bowles in his first year as head coach and the the defensive coordinator situation and him calling the defense or not, but the guys on the field have got to start taking the ball away, taking chances, taking risks, stripping the ball out on sacks, whatever you have to do. Because this team that has been tremendous at the takeaways and in the plus category, especially under Tom Brady here the last two seasons because of takeaways, is not taking the ball away. It's not just good enough to force a punt or let them uh, eat the clock up uh, after getting first downs and then you force them to punt. Go get the ball. Go take the ball away. Go get sack fumbles like I was mentioning. Jump in front of a pass. It's just not happening. Hasn't happened. Uh, it's been bad for the month of October. Let's hope when we flip the calendar to November that it gets better again on getting takeaways. It'll be a tough team to do it against in the L.A. Rams, but you've got to get back to some of that if you want to turn things around defensively because you're giving up too many long drives, too many drives that result in in points without giving your offense the short field. Uh, Again, for the Buccaneers' credit, there were no turnovers in the game against Baltimore, uh, well, other than the punt at the beginning of the game. No turnovers by Brady in the offense. There's a turnover by Jalen Darden at the beginning of the game. But by and large, the offense has not turned the ball over. I know Tom Brady threw a couple of balls last night that should have been interceptions, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but it didn't end up being that way. The Buccaneers had a couple of shoulda, coulda, woulda plays uh, on being able to try to get an interception, etc. In result, though, is Baltimore gets the win. And we'll go over that now with the highlights from Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore on Buccaneers Radio. Post-game conversations coming up. You're going to hear from Levante David. Uh, after this game is over, uh, as well as Tom Brady, as well as uh, head coach Todd Bowles. So all of that upcoming in our uh, post-game coverage from last night on the Hooters post-game show. So stand by uh, for that. As we mentioned, the Ravens came in at 4-3. and three. The Ravens, who have been a perennial playoff team with Lamar Jackson, uh, the former Heisman Trophy winning quarterback out of Louisville, as, as arguably the most dangerous running threat at quarterback right now in the NFL. You've got to account for him. But Lamar can also make some throws uh, as well, as we saw as this game went on. But, hey, the Buccaneer defense, uh, as we get into the highlights, was out making plays early on. Again, as I mentioned, Jalen Darden had the fumble. Uh, but the Buccaneer defense stood tall after that fumble and forced a Justin Tucker field goal out of that. So instead of the Ravens getting seven points, they only end up getting three points. You get the ball back now on offense here uh, for the first time. You didn't get the ball on offense 
Uh, obviously, after the Darden fumble, the defense has to go out for a, a continuation, really, of the opening possession. And Tucker gets the field goal. So the offense takes the field for the first time, and we see some things start to click. We see Leonard Fournette in the run game get a couple of good runs. We've seen that early in other games. Uh, we see Mike Evans get an early on catch. We see the Bucks move into scoring range. And finally, after Fournette banged down to the one-yard line, a reload here gets the Buccaneers their first first quarter touchdown of the season. They stack up on that side of the line. Again, Fournette running left. He gets the touchdown this time. No doubt about it. A big block on that left side. Was that Leverett that opened the door? I think it was. Fire the cannons. Bucks lead. Six to three. It was Leverett and it was Donovan Smith and they both blocked down creating a seam. Eight plays, 75 yards. It caps the first first quarter touchdown in eight games and you really felt some momentum right now with the way the Buccaneers looked and then the defense would come back on the field and start to make plays again. Shaq Barrett uh, making plays and even this guy getting after Lamar Jackson in the defensive front. Shotgun look. Drake on his hip dropping the throw. Quarterback, he's under pressure. Beat up. He's got him and slaps him up and sacks him at the 10-yard line. Our leading sacker grabs Lamar Jackson and drops him. How about that? Biggest guy on the bus line, Sacks, the elusive quarterback out of Louisville. Vita Vea's sack is one of three first-half sacks that they got on Lamar Jackson. You force the Ravens to punt the ball away, and then the Buccaneers get another opportunity to go really add to the lead. And this was, again, we should say things happening in the first quarter. They're not everything. But it's important, as you kind of build on the game, that the Buccaneers had a chance to go get a touchdown and make the game 14-3. Crowd was rocking at Raymond James Stadium. You get a couple of first downs. You get the long completion to Chris Godwin. You're in scoring range with an opportunity, again, uh, to put a touchdown on the board. You are not able to do so. So at this stage, you settle for a Ryan suck-up field goal, which is fine. You got inside the red zone. You don't get a touchdown this time. To make the game 10-3, you would have been, uh, you would have loved to have been up by, by a 14-3 margin, but it's only 10-3 at this point in the game. The defense, however, remains after Lamar Jackson. I mentioned the name Shaq Barrett already. Here he was hustling yet again. It's a first down. Ravens the throw. It is Jackson. He staying from behind and sacked for the second time. Shaq Barrett and Devin White get to it. How about those two looking for a big play? Yeah, Shaq, Shaq Barrett. Barrett's going to get the sack. Devin was there a little late. And for the first time since Dallas, Shaq's got, or New Orleans, Shaq's got two. Again, in the first quarter of this game, the Buccaneer defense flying around to the ball. Barrett gets that sack and you're holding the Ravens in. But unfortunately, you give the ball back to the offense near midfield, and you can't do anything with that possession. That would be critical. Uh, you were trying some wide receiver screens. Man, you tried the receiver or tight end screen several times. And again, in the strategy, that is like run plays. We're going to talk more about this here on Nothing But Bucks in a bit on the number of design handoffs versus the number of screen plays that you're running at the line of scrimmage that are like run plays. Todd Bowles has told us that. Byron Leftwich has told us that. Tom Brady's talked about it. So you kind of, you were kind of falling in love with the receiver screen in the first half, and Baltimore kind of began to figure it out. So that was a critical juncture at 10-3 where you don't add to the lead in the second quarter. You punt the ball back to the Ravens, and the Ravens eventually march 77 yards in this one on nine plays, and it leads to a tying touchdown for them. It's first down and goal from the five. 
Rolling to that pass to the right side. Caught ball and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake. Swing pass of the Ravens are a point away from tying this ball game on their first possession of the second half. 9.05 left. It's 10-9. Kenyon Drake's five-yard touchdown catch. And, and look, I'm going to point things out here as they go along. It's got to be better in the red zone on pass coverage on backs out of the backfield. That's Devin White again not finding uh, Kenyon Drake in this instance. It's the same thing that happened in the red zone at the beginning of the Pittsburgh game. If you have got that back out of the backfield, you've got to stick with him as Baltimore is able to get a touchdown capping that drive. And it, it gave them momentum. It gave them life. And then more importantly here, could really see the defense beginning uh, to fatigue here um, as, as this would roll on in the third quarter. The, the Buccaneers going three and out. Uh, got one first down, went three and out again, come out of the locker room and don't sustain anything after getting it one first down. You punt the ball. So, the, again, the Ravens putting together the drives. They had the 77-yard drive there in the third period. They now have another 80-yard drive in 11 plays, a lot of it running the ball with Gus Edwards, with Kenyon Drake, with Lamar Jackson on the keeper. And they get in the end zone yet again here in the goal-to-go situation. Fullback in motion, looks toward the fullback, now looks toward the end zone, rush to his right, throws against the grade, it is in, caught ball, inbounds, touchdown Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson had all kinds of time. Tight end Isaiah Lively's first touchdown catch of the year, he replaced Mark Andrews, the outstanding tight end, had been battling knee problems, suffered a shoulder injury, didn't return in the game. Lively, though, gets the touchdown catch again, it caps an 80-yard drive, and you could just sense in the third quarter of this game, the defense really beginning to wear down. Uh, fatigue a factor. The Ravens held the ball for 11 minutes in the third quarter. And while it was um, you know, while it was not everything, it certainly was a huge, huge factor that the defense is fatigued and the Buccaneers uh, here at, uh, at this point are scrambling. Scrambling trying to make something happen uh, and, and down now 17-10. So you do get back on offense here at this stage, and you are able to start driving the football again. The game is 17-10. You're giving the defense uh, a rest at this stage. And this was another key part of it here because you had a chance to make something happen on this drive uh, after that touchdown to go even the game back up at 17. And, and Brady uh, was able to make a couple of throws, got the deep ball to Mike Evans for 51 yards, got you in scoring range, but... Then it's what happened after that. Brady had the pass to Kyle Rudolph in the end zone. Rudolph was open, and Brady misfired. Uh, TB12, again, has been so good for so long that now you're starting to see signs of mortality here on missed throws. He missed that when he tapped his own chest and said that was on me on the Kyle Rudolph pass in the end zone. Then he tried to find Mike Evans um, on the second and 10, and Evans didn't come back to the ball. And, and Brady was glaring at him and gesturing at him that he wanted him to come back for that one. Uh, then Tom scrambled and then uh, it, it was stopped after only a one-yard gain. So the drive fizzles out in the red zone for a second time. Not getting the red zone touchdown there is big in a 17-10 game. It ends up being a, a field goal again for Ryan Suckup. And at, uh, at that stage, you close the gap back to 17-13 on the suck-up kick there from 30 yards out. Would have loved to have had seven, but only got three. Ravens go back on offense uh, once again here. And again, it's the run game. It's mixing the run with the occasional pass by Lamar Jackson in this one. 
and uh, give credit where it's due because whether uh, Gus Edwards got the early run for the 22 yards, whether it's um, Kenyon Drake getting the three-yard run to give him another first down on second and three, Lamar Jackson then runs for 14 yards after that. They get into scoring range. Uh, Jackson then runs for another six yards to get another first down inside the red zone, and eventually it would lead with a tired defense to another score here. Ball spotted just inside the chalk, near side hash mark of the Buccaneers 16-yard line. You want to win, you better stop him. Inside hand up to Verde on a jet sweep. Gets the first down and there's a inside the 5-3-2-1 a touchdown. Baltimore Ravens. Jet sweep and Duvernay beats the Buccaneers down the right sideline, the left sideline. And the touchdown gives the Ravens a 23-13 lead with 6.55 to go. Yeah, that jet sweep is so effective when you get a speedy receiver in motion. I know the Buccaneers have been trying to run it, whether it's Chris Godwin, Julio Jones tried to run one last night. And one of the biggest keys is get a speedy guy out there like a Scotty Miller or a Jalen Darden. Darden tried to run essentially a jet sweep last week in Carolina. It didn't get very much. Baltimore capitalized, though, with Devin Duvernay going 15 yards around the left end. Uh, Again, a fatigued Buccaneer defense that they wore down. They got the touchdown. They're back in front 24-13 at this stage. And you really felt like uphill battle now for the Buccaneers, trying to get anything going, trying to make something happen in the final six, seven minutes of the game. You go on another march here trying to make something happen. You eventually, you had the long pass um, to Julio Jones, where Brady was also hit after the play. Um, and they called a personal foul, a 15-yard personal foul penalty. It ends up that the Jones catch is overturned on replay. I really thought that they could have left that as the call stands because they kept showing the slow-mo replays, and Julio Jones got his arm and his hand around the ball as it went to the ground. The ball never moved after it touched the ground, so it's not as if he used the ground to catch the ball. He then tucked it as he was going to the ground a little bit as well. I thought they could have left it as call stands and it would have been an even bigger gain, even bigger play. Uh, The end result, though, is you don't get the touchdown. Uh, Kate Otten caught one, but uh, you had a holding penalty on Devin Smith, on uh, Donovan Smith that pushed you back. Um, You're able to to get a short completion to Julio Jones, but then you decide, okay, we need two scores anyway in a 24-13 game. So you kick the Ryan Suckup field goal again. He's the leading scorer in the NFL right now for the suck-up kick there to make the game 24-16. Knowing that you've got four minutes left, you've got all your timeouts, the two-minute warning, that if you can get the ball back, you're going to need the touchdown in the two. You were going to need the touchdown in the two anyway um, to help you get to 11 points and make the game a a 24-24 game. Instead, the Ravens get going again. They get into scoring range again. And again, it is uh, one play after another. Kenyon Drake able to run off right tackle for 40 yards against uh, the defense. I'm I'm not making excuses, but without Shaq Barrett there, while they're worn down, you don't have Antoine Winfield, who had been out with a concussion. Uh, Defense is tired. You've been rotating some guys in. They didn't pursue enough. They're out of gaps. And again, give credit to Lamar Jackson and company. They work the clock down. The The Bucks burn a timeout. Uh, They end up kicking the Tucker field goal from 30 yards out. The game is back to being an 11-point game again, and now you're in dire straits, which is two and a half minutes left, two minutes left at the two-minute warning where you're going to need something to happen here. The Bucs eventually did make something happen. They move into scoring range. Uh, Again, the roughing the passer call was on this drive after the bomb to, to Julio Jones that would have set you up better when they nullified the catch because the 
Uh, the call uh, of that, it, it would have been first and 10 at the Baltimore 24. It ended up catching, uh, costing you uh, there a 22-yard play because they nullified the catch. You still got the 15-yard personal foul and moved the ball near midfield. Would have saved you a little time as well, but Brady eventually gets you in the end zone, and that would come here as Mean Gene calls it on Buccaneers Radio again. Fourth down and goal from the eight, Brady. Throws a dark caught ball, three, two, one, touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a flag thrown. Julio Jones makes the catch, but a flag has been thrown. 49 seconds left, and let's see Outside, what. Offside, number four, defense, penalties declined. Results of the play, touchdown. First time we've called Jason Pierre-Paul's name tonight, former Buccaneer and the Buccaneers. Score a touchdown, you hear the cannons fire. 27-22, you got to go for two. That's Julio Jones' first touchdown as a Buccaneer as he comes up with the catch uh, to get in the end zone. You try to go for two in that instance, and you're not able to get it on the two-point play. Um, we've seen a lack of success on those two-point plays late in the game uh, for certain after that Buccaneer touchdown. Um, they weren't able to get it um, in that instance on the two-point play. And uh, the end result here, the two-point con uh, conversion attempt you were trying, you got, you actually got a holding penalty on the Ravens that put the ball at the one. You tried to get it to Rashad White, but Baltimore blew the play up with a couple of defenders. They beat the offensive line and stopped Rashad White on the one-yard run. Would have made the game 27-24. You were going to need the onside kick anyway. Jake Camarda's onside kick was recovered by Lively, the tight end. They run the clock out with the Buccaneers out of timeouts. The game ends at 27 22 uh, in this one. Again, a lot of fight left in the team in the fourth quarter. Uh, you can't you can't say that there wasn't a lot of desire out there on the field. There was. There was fatigue on the defense. You got an offense that knows they didn't do their part, especially in the third quarter when the Ravens were wearing them down. Um, and it led to scoring drive after scoring drive for Baltimore. When you look at the final analysis of what Baltimore drives did in this game. Um, they they scored and scored and scored in the second half. Defense had trouble getting off the field. I mean, you look at second half possessions in the game. Baltimore, touchdown on a 77-yard drive. Baltimore, 80-yard drive, touchdown. Baltimore, 83-yard drive, touchdown. That's the first three drives of the second half into the fourth quarter of the game. Then a Baltimore field goal, 49 yards, five plays, took two and a half minutes off the clock, and then they kneel on the ball. So the first four possessions, they're scoring on all of them on the defense. Not good enough. Again, Todd Bowles keeps talking about we got to coach it better. Uh, you'll hear him here in a second talking about it after the game. But uh, you can't keep giving up uh, touchdown drive after touchdown drive and, and points if you're going to make a comeback. And the Buccaneers could not make that comeback uh, last night. As we mentioned, we'll go inside the locker room now on the Hooters postgame show. Let's get a couple of comments uh, here, uh, let's hear first from Levante David, one of the defensive leaders. He had six tackles. He had a pass defended uh, in this game. Uh, Levante, obviously a perennial pro bowler, a Super Bowl champ. Here is some of what he had to say after this was done. You know, so uh, we definitely, uh, some way, somehow, like I said, man, we got to try to turn this thing around because we got the guys in here to do it. But uh, it's got to come from somewhere. He seems to be taking this. Uh, very hard. You know, uh, Shaq was the guy who was coming on, you know, started out fast, playing a really good football game. And then, um, you know, uh, I know a lot of people have been on him about him not getting sacks the idea, but he's been doing what we needed him to do. And uh, he's a force for us on defense. And um, he's definitely 
going to be real hard, you know, not having him, him out there, have his spirit, having his energy out there. It's going to be very tough. A uh, guy who we consider a leader on his Levante, we just joined you here a moment ago on Buccaneers Radio Live. Can you talk a little more about the second half of the game? Were they doing something any different? Were they doing what you expected? And how much do you just credit them? Uh, we just knew we, they was going to get back to the run game. You know, we knew that's their bread and butter. Like I said earlier, man, we just got to be able to sustain, you know, the things that we do well, full four quarters, you know, uh, Probably kind of got away from things we've been doing, but uh, at the end of the day, man, it just comes down to, you know, tackling, blocking, and tackling. You know, fundamentals of football and this type of game that require fundamentals, and we didn't have that. As a veteran, what will you say? What needs to be said right now to hang in there with a the three-game losing streak? Uh, just you know, I kind of said what I had to say already. You know, that's a, a private thing between me and you know and the football team, and uh, you know, I, I feel like they took the measures well. And, you know. Uh, like I said, man, earlier, you know, whatever you got to do, you got to dig down from where, wherever, you know, wherever you got to get it from. I don't know what you thought, I don't know what you thought, think you was doing. It ain't it. So we definitely got to turn the thing around ASAP. Some of it is credit the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Some of it is the Buccaneer defense not being in position. Injuries, again, Shaq Barrett not being there made a huge difference as this game wore on and as the fourth quarter wore on. He's one of the best uh, players on the team. He's the best pass rusher on the team. And you need more. Let's be honest. Joe Tryon, Shoyanka, the rookie Logan Hall, whether it's Carl Nassib, Anthony Nelson, somebody's got to pick up the slack on the end here, especially if Shaq Barrett's going to be out for extended time, which it looks like he might be coming up. So uh, not enough. Not enough defensively. Levante knows that. It's not only on him. It's on the rest of these guys, too, to be able to get it figured out for the upcoming Rams game. Let's hear some more on the Hooters postgame show from Mike Evans. Evans did have a six-catch, 100-yard game uh, in this one, but not enough. Here were some of his thoughts, especially on uh, the tale of two halves in this game. Here's Mike Evans. When things were going well in the first half, you guys got on the board. What were you doing well in half number one? Moving the ball, making plays, but we didn't do enough. We had scored 10 points. Definitely should have been three touchdowns in there. We got to help our defense out on offense. You had some struggles on third down in the second and the third quarter. It comes back to that and being able to sustain drives, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's the most critical down in football, and we have to get better at that down. I mean, that's just plain and simple. What was being said, if anything, trying to get back in the game in the fourth quarter, you eventually did get in the end zone? A lot of people saying a lot of things. I mean, I'm just focused on trying to make as many plays as I can possible, and uh, I didn't do that tonight. And finally, you get a little extra time this weekend. What uh, what will be discussed? What will you have to be doing better to try to snap a three-game losing streak? I mean, we'll be we'll be off this weekend, so I mean, we're just gonna rest, recover, and just come back ready to go. You know, the season's not over, and we just gotta come out with a mindset that you know, take one week at a time and just play our best ball. Again, tough for Mike Evans, for Chris Godwin, the veterans on the offense here. There are some struggles, uh, and look, let me say this before we hear from Todd Bowles in just a second. It is not one thing that you can point to. Uh, the offensive line play may have been a little better last night, but it is not the same with the pressure that's coming on Tom Brady uh, relentlessly. I mean, Baltimore got to him with three-man rushes. That should not happen. Um, they, they did so last night and had success at different times. Uh, Brady missed some throws as well. Uh, some of this is scheme and play calling and doing something different. You got... Uh, you got in trouble again on second and short, third and short. You did get some some second down and third down and short conversions early on in the game, but as the game went on, you had problems converting again on third down and punting the ball away uh, and putting the defense back out on the field. Offense overall not nearly good enough. You had some explosiveness, 
with the pass game, but not nearly good enough uh, offensively uh, in this one in the second quarter, in the third quarter especially. Fourth quarter rally in the hurry-up mode with the uh, the Ravens playing a little softer seemed to work, but not as much in the second and the third period. Uh, all right, let's get to the head coach from our Hooters postgame show and the comments uh, that Todd Bowles had. Not a lot for him to say after this one except another tough defeat. Tough night again tonight. What are your thoughts immediately after this game is over? Anytime you lose a ball game, it's disappointing. You know, and the way we lost and the opportunities we had that we've muffed yet again and again. You know, it's getting like a broken record. And we're three and five, and we have to do some soul searching and, and meet this weekend over what we can do different. As we continue to do that, we have to get better as coaches and players. They were able to have success, especially with the read option. Lamar Jackson, obviously a big running threat. How big of a key was that as the game wore on in the second half wore on? I mean, it was big. We, we talked about it at halftime. We knew they were going to come back out running the football. Early on, we missed a bunch of tackles, and we got to tackle better, and then we just got to make plays. You know, we got to make plays. We put them in position to make plays, and then they have to make them. Your offense finally got going in the fourth quarter on a couple of different uh, occasions. What worked better to get you back in the game and give you an opportunity at the end? Uh, we had some play action in there that worked pretty good going on. We just don't have enough of it. And, you know, we got to have more consistency when we get in the red zone. We got to have more consistency keeping drives alive. Mike Evans had 100 yards. Julio Jones returned tonight and also had a couple of catches, including a touchdown. Chris Godwin also with six receptions. How did you think your receivers played as this game uh, unfolded? Anytime you lose a ball game, nobody plays well. We don't really look at stats here, and I'm sure they'll tell you the same thing. But, you know, to have them back out there at the same time is encouraging. We just got to get better. And now, as you mentioned, because you had the short week, you now have this weekend and then the full week before the Rams uh, come in. Just take us through what that's going to be like, because I know you have to give players a day or two here as well in this. How will all of that unfold? Well, it'll be a lot of meetings, obviously, with coaches, because we got to get better at a lot of things, and we have a lot of things to fix. So there'll be a lot of meetings over the weekend, and we'll try to come back next week and get some guys healed up and try to go into the Rams game with a full slate. Speaking of healed up, we know that Shaq Barrett left the game with what we were told was a left ankle injury. Do you have any further update right now, or he's got to be evaluated more, Coach? Not at this time. I know it was an Achilles. He's getting evaluated more. We'll know more later. Yeah, they are going to have to search for some answers on the coaching staff. And you heard him there in his voice say, there's only so much coaches can do on putting you in position and coaching you up. The players have to go and execute. Whether you're talking about fighting off blocks in the run game, uh, whether you're talking about making the right read if you're the quarterback on where somebody is or if they're open, making the right block on offense to open up a hole, running back hitting the right hole, catching the ball that's there, defending the uh, defender in the pass game when you have to, all these different things. Coaches can obviously show that to you repeatedly, can break it down in a film room and on the practice field, can coach you up on the sideline, this is not what you're doing well enough, get in this position, do this, adjust. Players ultimately go out and play. And this team, for whatever reason, has lost its mojo, if you will, of complementary football. Because one part of the game, the offense plays well, but then the defense starts to suffer. Defense is playing well, but the offense can't get off the feet, can't can't stay on the field, can't sustain a drive, can't go get a touchdown to give the defense a break. You had some of this with complementary football earlier in the season, but again, other teams adjust. They figure out your tendencies, both offensively and defensively. You've got to adjust to the adjustments, and you've got to execute it. 
I know it's a cliche answer that fans don't want to hear, but you've got to find a way to be different and do different things. All right, as we continue on the coverage here after this Ravens win, here was Tom Brady late night Thursday night with uh, his uh, his comments on the 27-22 loss. It's the first time in 20 years he's been part of three consecutive losses. His 2002 season, his second season in New England is the last time. Here's the, co- here's the uh, Buccaneer quarterback uh, late night with the media. I mean, never been three and five before. Um, and there's three in a row here. It sounds like you spent some time at your locker. Just kind of what, what is your, your take right now, your mood about the situation? Just didn't play well enough to win, so give them credit. You know, they played good. And, you know, but certainly better than we did. I mean, this came out strong. You had ten points in your first two drives. How much harder is it because you had the lead? Because you had control of this game even in the second half. Mm. You know, you just come up short. You know, I don't think it feels good whether you're you know first half, second half. You know, so uh, we have just have to play better, certainly on offense. Can you pinpoint any of the issues in the red zone? I know, yeah. I mean, we're just not getting the ball in. I don't know. Yeah, just struggling to get in the end zone. Do you feel like there's any similarities between the last three games in terms of the offense struggling? You know, I think we've struggled pretty much at everything. You know, we just struggling in the red area, struggling third down, struggling in the run game, uh, two-point plays, um, short yardage, backed up. Start first quarter, start of the third quarter. Not very good offense football. Tom, Mike, Mike Evans made more to say out loud. The season isn't over. Like, it's important not to panic. With 10 days before you get a chance to write this, how hard is it not to dwell on this and to get to the next week and a half to the Rams? Game? I mean, again, I don't think anyone feels good. You know, we're lost four or five, so not where we want to be, but, you know, we haven't earned it. And, uh, you know, we got to go, we got to go earn it. You know, you got to go earn it. You got to go fight hard, and you got to go, you know, figure out how to win games. Could these day, 10 days be coming at the perfect time for this team right now? You know, I don't. Whenever we play, we play, you know, whether it was tonight, whether it was Sunday, I mean, we got to win, you know. So, I don't know, break, no break. You know, it's just, uh, I think we're just all frustrated we're not getting the job done. As far as football frustrations that you've gone through, where does this rank, or how does it compare? Uh, you know, losing, we're, you know, we're playing to win, so, you know, losing is no fun for any of us. We put a lot into it, and, uh, yeah, we're just coming up short. How frustrating is it to, to see a guy like Shaq Barrett, who means so much to this team and this defense, leave the game with injury, and, and then to see them score three touchdowns after that? Uh, you know, Shaq's a, a great player for us. I hope he's okay. I don't know what it is, so, um, you know, we've got to get some guys back and see if we can you know, get a little healthier and perform a little bit better. Tom, how do you think uh, Julio looked out there, you know, first game since week four, first contribution since week one, how do you feel the chemistry was with them? Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be important for all of us to, you know, practice hard together and, you know, get some work in and, um, you know, hopefully he can stay out there and we can do that, you know, but obviously love having him out there and does a good job for us. Tom, how will you use this break? How will you use this break now before you guys have to be back? You know, just to try to figure out, you know, what we need to do better. You know, things that have worked, things that haven't worked. And, uh, you know, figure if we can play more consistently, score more points, you know, put ourselves in a better position to win. What's the biggest... through the season, it seems like it's been a consistent problem all year long. Of the issues that it's holding back this team, 
Do you feel that there's still enough time to turn this thing around? Is there a quick fix? I mean, we've got to go earn it. We've got to go, you know, it's, it's, I don't think you can, uh, you know, erase what happened the last eight weeks. You know, we got to we got to dig deep, see what we're all about, come to work, try to improve, and uh, like I said, give ourselves a better chance to win. Top times like this, leadership's obviously critical. Uh, yep. Better leadership has always been a key to your team's winning. What message do you send to your team before you take the break? Or you, what are you trying to tell tell the guys? What do you tell the guys? Yeah, we talk a lot. I mean, we talk a lot, and a lot of those conversations are private, you know, for us. But you know, we're just trying to encourage one another and uh, be positive and and uh, see if we can, you know. Ultimately, it comes down to you know how we execute and, and critical moments and you know the things we have to do to put ourselves in a position to win. Tom, you always say, you've always told us that it's not so much about the opponent, it's about what you guys do. Yep. The fact that where you are, do you think it might be time to maybe tweak uh, and change a few things on the offense? I think we're going to try to figure out everything. You know, I think we're going to try to, you know, again, evaluate. We have a little extra time to see kind of exactly what we're doing and how we can do better moving forward. They do have to analyze a lot, take a look at a lot, and try to figure it out at 3-5. and five. five losses in six games after a 2-0 and o start with two road wins. You have only mustered one win in the last six weeks, and now you are going to get a weekend off here for um, the opportunity to play the Rams 10 days from now. More on that in a couple of moments. And they're going to have to take some time to reflect and some time to understand all of this. Um, and what what isn't going well complementary wise where when the defense is playing well enough the offense has got to step up you know that was kind of the case at the beginning of the Carolina game last week where the defense is playing more than well enough yes you did not get takeaways get go get a touchdown whether it's Evans hauling in the bomb touchdown drive that you put together score however you can score and now in this case the offense did enough in the in the uh, first quarter the defense is making plays then the defense starts to falter a bit. Where's the complimentary football with your offense sustaining a drive, getting points, or getting you back in the game offensively? That didn't happen in the second period. That didn't happen in the third period of this game. So in result is a Ravens uh, victory at 27-22. All right, so I can also share with you now what is now official. It has been out there on, uh, on Friday morning on uh, news outlets, TMZ and elsewhere. Tom Brady has now confirmed that his divorce with Giselle Bunchton, uh, his wife, is final after uh, 13 years of marriage. Brady's saying that it's an amicable divorce, uh, divorce that it has been in the works for some time here, working out custody of their children, uh, two children together, uh, and the situation. So that is now confirmed by Tom Brady himself. And obviously, after this game was over with, before that press conference that we played you the audio of, I was in the locker room and you saw Tom Brady um, staring uh, into his into his locker. The media could see this. Everybody that was in there before he went to talk. There's been a lot going on personally. This is now confirmed with him. And you can make the argument with this now finalized and behind him, maybe that will help. Maybe that will make a difference uh, here over the course of the second half of the season. That would be your hope. Uh, To whatever extent this has or hasn't been a distraction, you would hope now with it being finalized and him announcing it, that uh, it will be be different. Um, And it will be different for the better for this team with extra motivation, etc. So in any event... That is now finalized. That sub subplot, that soap opera that has been rumored, that's been out there, is now confirmed uh, by Tom Brady and by Giselle that they have reached divorce after 13 years 
of uh, of marriage. Okay, so that part is done. Now what's next? What's next is the L.A. Rams. They will play this weekend at home with the San Francisco 49ers, a team that beat them earlier in the year. And the Rams right now are not a, a fully healthy football team. They are struggling to try to figure it out. Uh, we'll see what L.A. ends up doing in the rematch with San Francisco that has always seemingly had their number, even beating them in Los Angeles. This game will be at SoFi Stadium this weekend. That's the Bucks' next opponent for next week. You've got a trade deadline that is also looming coming up. Do the Buccaneers try to make a move? Who's out there right now to be able to try to make help Make hay uh, if you can, and what are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up premium draft picks at this stage? Again, we don't know. I don't know the extent of the Shaq Barrett injury. You may know more as Friday goes on and an announcement that happens after I've released this podcast here. I'm recording this on Friday just as everything is uh, is unfolding on Friday. If he's out an extended period of, t- of time, are you able to make a trade and get a pass rusher? Might you make a trade for another position? Uh, We'll see what Jason Light and his staff come up with or not. Maybe they're going to stand pat here at the trade deadline. We'll see uh, what they elect to do there. I do know this. We're going to regroup, and the Buccaneers are back at home again. The schedule is still favorable here with a home game coming and a chance to get a win and kind of hang around. You'll also have your eyes this weekend on the Atlanta-Carolina game because, again, if Carolina somehow pulls an upset of the Atlanta Falcons, then we know this. Then we know... It is uh, uh, no worse than a three-way tie and maybe even a four-way tie. If New Orleans defeats Las Vegas, you would have four NFC South teams at three and five, if that's the case. Uh, Saints playing the Raiders at home. And uh, again, Carolina at Atlanta. If Atlanta wins, Atlanta moves at this point to four and four, and they would be in first place uh, in the division. They're right now in first place at three and four. Carolina at two and five. So let's see how the NFC South plays out this weekend, where, again, a Carolina win and a Saints win, and the Buccaneers will be in a tie for first place at 3-5. and So let's just see what the backdrop is coming off the weekend before this matchup with the Rams. Again, that's a 425 game coming next Sunday, November 6th, the week from Sunday. We will see what happens with the Buccaneers and the Rams. Will the Rams be off a win over the 49ers? They come off the bye week after having beaten Carolina. They've had a bye week. Now they play San Francisco, who beat them earlier in the year in Santa Clara in Northern California. We'll see both of these teams coming up. We'll see the Rams, and then we'll see the uh, 49ers coming in December in the San Francisco Bay Area. Christian McCaffrey, by the way, first full week of practice. We'll see how he looks against the Rams uh, in this matchup. So the Rams will be the opponent with Matt Stafford, uh, Aaron Donald, and company coming in to play at Raymond James Stadium, the site of where they won the playoff game in January. So some revenge for Brady and company. And as I mentioned, with the personal problems that have been going on and the divorce being finalized, maybe he is now refocused next week. It had to have been a distraction. That's obvious. Uh, It had to have been a distraction away from the football field and away from the football facility here for Brady. We'll see if they get refocused. We hopefully... We'll get some good news on some injury fronts, not just Shaq Barrett, but get Antoine Winfield back, get Carlton Davis back uh, in the secondary uh, for this team, and we'll see what else is there. Cameron Brake, can he return? Will he return off the head injuries and the neck problems later on this year as the Buccaneers try to get healthier 
for the second half of the season because, again, you've got the Rams game and then you're headed to Germany, to Munich, Germany, to play the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks play the Giants, by the way, this weekend in Seattle. The Giants at 6-1, and one, Seattle at 4-3. and three. We'll see the Seahawks in a couple of weeks as well in Europe, in Germany, for that matchup. For now, though, that will do it. Baltimore, give them credit. Again, folks, I say this, and don't say it lightly. Unlike the Carolina game last week, Carolina's a bad team. Carolina's fired their coach. They've got an interim coach. They've got a third-string quarterback. That Ravens team is one of the better teams in the AFC, along with Kansas City, along with Buffalo, Tennessee, the teams at the top, Cincinnati. Baltimore's going to be right in there at playoff time, and they they beat the Bucs. They took it from the Buccaneers. On the road, down 10-3. to Credit the Ravens, as much as anything, coming off this game on nothing but Bucks. Yes, the Bucks have to correct things. Buccaneers got to go back to the practice field, try to be better, complimentary football, get back to the takeaways on defense, go get touchdowns on offense in the red zone. And if you beat the Rams, you've reclaimed part of your season to get to 4-5 and five, headed to Germany and trying to get to 5-5. Five and five. The goal would now be to get to 5-5. Five and five. When you roll back around out of Germany and off the bye week, if you're 5-5, five and five, you're in the hunt. You're guaranteed to be in the hunt to win the division, to be in the playoffs. So stay tuned for all of that as we get things underway with the Buccaneers and the Rams a week from Sunday. Enjoy the week off. Again, we'll come your way with nothing but Bucks after that game with the Rams uh, coming on November the 6th. Again, a 425 game will be on the air with Buccaneers uh, radio at 3.30 on the uh, the network and the Buccaneers mobile app, etc. Sirius XM, tune in, etc. You can hear us on the pregame coverage on 98 Rock, the Buccaneer affiliates, and those other outlets as well. Buccaneers will play the Rams at Raymond James Stadium. Only thing left to do right now is try to get better, get healthy, and be ready to play the LA Rams at home a week from Sunday. My thanks to the help of Derek DuBose. Uh, as well as Jeff Ryan, our director of broadcasting, for everything with the highlights from iHeartMedia, etc., and the interviews that you heard. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for finding me after another tough loss here on Nothing But Bucks. Hopefully better Buccaneer postgame podcast upcoming. We'll be here day after game. We'll be back the Monday after that Rams game with another edition of this podcast. Thank you for finding me on Nothing But Bucks.